Section 16 of the Phenomenology of Mind, Volume 2, by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Chapter 6C, Subsection C. Conscience, the Beautiful Soul, Evil and the Forgiveness of It. Part 1. The antinomy in the moral view of the world that is that there is a moral consciousness and that there is none or that the validity the bindingness of duty has its ground beyond consciousness and conversely only takes effect in consciousness these contradictory elements had been combined in the idea in which the non-moral consciousness is to pass for moral its contingent knowledge and will to be accepted as fully sufficing and happiness to be its lot as a matter of grace moral self-consciousness took this self-contradictory idea not upon itself but transferred it to another being but this putting outside itself of what it must think as necessary is as much a contradiction in form as the other was in content but that which appears as contradictory and that in the division and again dissolution of which lies the round of activity peculiar to the moral attitude are inherently the same for pure duty qua pure knowledge is nothing else than the self of consciousness and the self of consciousness is existence and actuality and in the same way what is to be beyond actual consciousness is nothing else than pure thought is in fact the self because this is so self-consciousness for us or per se passes back into itself and becomes aware that that being is itself in which the actual is at once pure knowledge and pure duty it takes itself to be absolutely valid in its contingency to be that which knows its immediate particular existence as pure knowledge and action as the true objective reality and harmony this self of conscience the phase of spiritual life immediately certain of itself as absolute truth and objective being is the third type of spiritual self it is the outcome of the third sphere of the spiritual world and may be shortly contrasted with the two former types of self the totality or actuality which is revealed as the final result of the ethical world the world of the social order is the self of a person ethical personality its existence lies in its being recognized and acknowledged as the person is the self devoid of substance its existence is abstract reality too the person has a definite standing and that directly and unconditionally its self is the point in the sphere of its existence which is immediately at rest that point is not torn away from its universality the two the particular focus and its universality are therefore not in a relational process with regard to one another the universal is in it without distinction and is neither the content of the self nor is the self filled by itself the second self is the final truth and outcome of a world of culture is spirit that has recovered itself after and through disruption is absolute freedom in this self the former immediate unity of individual existence and universality finds its elements separated from one another the universal which remains at the same time a purely spiritual entity the state of recognition or universal will and universal knowledge the universal is object and content of the self and its universal actuality 
but the universal has not there the form of existence detached from the self in this mode of self it therefore gets no filling no positive content no world moral self-consciousness indeed lets its universal aspect get detached so that this aspect becomes a nature of its own and at the same time it retains this universality within itself in a superseded form but it is merely a game of dissembling it constantly interchanges these two characteristics in the form of conscience with its certainty of itself it first finds the content to fill the former emptiness of duty as well as the emptiness of right and the empty universal will and because this certainty of self is at the same time immediacy it finds in conscience definite existence having reached this level of its truth moral self-consciousness then leaves or rather supersedes this state of internal division and self-separation whence arose dissimulation the separation of its inherent being from the self of pure duty qua pure purpose from reality qua a nature and a sensibility opposed to mere purpose it is when thus returned into itself concrete moral spirit which does not make for itself a bare abstract standard out of the consciousness of pure duty a standard to be set up against actual conscious life on the contrary pure duty as also the sensuous nature opposed to pure duty are superseded moments this mode of spirit in its immediate unity is a moral being making itself actual and an act is immediately a concrete embodiment of morality given a case of action it is an objective reality for the knowing mind the latter qua conscience knows it in a direct concrete manner and at the same time it is merely as conscience knows it to be when knowledge is something other than its object it is contingent in character spirit however which is sure of itself is not at all an accidental knowledge of that kind is not a way of producing inside its own being ideas from which reality is divorced on the contrary since the separation between what is essential or inherent and self has been given up a case of moral action falls just as it is per se directly within immediate conscious certainty the sensible feeling form of knowledge and it merely is per se as it is in this form of knowledge action then qua realization is in this way the pure form of will the bare conversion of reality in the sense of a given case into a reality that is performed and done the conversion of the bare state of objective knowledge into one of knowledge about reality as something produced and brought about by consciousness just as sensuous certainty is directly taken up or rather converted into the essential life and substance of spirit this other transformation is also simple and unmediated a transition made through pure conception without changing the content the content being conditioned by some interest on the part of the consciousness knowing it further conscience does not break up the circumstances of the case into a variety of duties it does not operate as the positive general medium in which the manifold duties each for itself would keep their substantial existence undisturbed if it did so either no action could take place at all because of each concrete case in general containing opposition and in the specific case of morality opposition of duties and hence there would always be one side injured one duty violated when the act took definite shape 
or else if action did take place the violation of one of the conflicting duties would be the actual result brought about conscience is rather the negative single unity it is the absolute self which does away with this variety of substantial moral constituents it is simple action in accordance with duty action which does not fulfil this or that duty but knows and does what is concretely right it is therefore in general and for the first time in moral experience moral action as action and into this the previous stage of mere consciousness of morality without action has passed the concrete shape which the act takes may be analysed by a conscious process of distinction into a variety of properties that is in this case into a variety of moral relationships and these may either be each expressly held to be absolute as each must be if it is to be duty or again subjected to comparison and criticism in the simple moral action arising from conscience duties are shed so promiscuously that the isolated independence of all these separate entities is immediately destroyed and the process of critically considering and worrying about what our duty is finds no place at all in the unshaken certainty of conscience just as little again do we find in conscience that fluctuating uncertainty of mind which puts now so-called pure morality away from itself assigning it to some other holy being and takes itself to be unholy and then again on the other hand puts this moral purity within itself and places in that other the connection of the sensuous with the moral element it renounces all these semblances and dissemblances stellungen and verstellungen characteristic of the moral point of view when it gives up thinking that there is a contradiction between duty and actual reality according to this latter state of mind i act morally when i am conscious of performing merely pure duty and nothing else but that that is in fact when i do not act when however i really act i am conscious of an other of a reality which is there before me and one which i want to bring about i have a definite end and fulfil a definite duty there is something else therein than the pure duty which alone was supposed to be kept in view conscience on the other hand is the sense that when the moral consciousness declares pure duty to be the essence of its action this bare purpose is a dissemblance of the actual fact for the real fact is that bare duty consists in the empty abstraction of pure thought and finds its reality and content solely in some definite actual existence an actuality which is actuality of consciousness itself not of consciousness in the sense of a thought entity but as an individual conscience for its own part finds its truth to lie in the direct certainty regarding itself this immediate concrete certainty of itself is true reality looking at this certainty from the point of view of the opposition which consciousness involves its own immediate particularity constitutes the content of moral action and the form of moral action is just this very self as a pure process that is as the process of knowing in other words is private individual conviction looking more closely at the unity and the significance of the moments of this stage we find that moral consciousness conceived itself merely in the form of the inherent principle or as ultimate essence qua conscience however it lays hold of its explicit individual self-existence or itself 
the contradiction involved in the moral point of view is resolved that is the distinction which lay at the basis of its peculiar attitude proves to be no distinction and melts into the process of pure negativity this process of negativity is however just the self a single simple self which is at once pure knowledge and knowledge of itself as this individual conscious life this self constitutes therefore the content of what formerly was the empty essence for it is something actual and concrete which no longer has the significance of being a nature alien to the ultimate essence a nature independent and with laws of its own as the negative element it introduces distinction into the pure essence a definite content and one too which has a value in its own right as it stands further this self is qua pure self-identical knowledge the universal without qualification so that just this knowledge being its very own knowledge being conviction constitutes duty duty is no longer the universal appearing over against and opposed to the self duty is known to have in this condition of separation and opposition no validity it is now the law which exists for the sake of the self and not the self for the sake of the law the law and duty however have for that reason not only the significance of existing on their own account but also of being inherent and essential for this knowledge is in virtue of its identity with itself just what is inherently essential this inherent being gets also separated in consciousness from that direct and immediate unity with self-existence so contrasted and opposed it is objective being it is being for something else duty itself now qua duty deserted by the self is known and thought to be merely a moment it has ceased to mean absolute being it has become degraded to something which is not a self does not exist on its own account and is thus what exists for something else but this existing for something else remains just for that reason an essential moment because self qua consciousness constitutes and establishes the opposition between existence for self and existence for another and now duty essentially means something immediately actual and is no longer a mere abstract consciousness of duty this existence for something else is then the inherently essential substance distinguished from the self conscience has not given up pure duty the abstract implicit essence pure duty is the essential moment of relating itself qua universality to others conscience is the common element of distinct self-consciousness and this is the substance in which the act secures subsistence and reality the moment enabling recognition by others to take place the moral self-consciousness does not possess this moment of recognition of pure consciousness which has definite existence and on that account really does not act at all does not effectually actualize anything its inherent nature is for it either the abstract unreal essence or else existence in the form of a reality which has no spiritual character the actual reality of conscience however is one which is itself that is an existence conscious of itself the spiritual element of being recognized doing something is therefore merely the translation of its particular content into that objective element where it is universal and is recognized and this very fact that the content is recognized makes the deed an actuality 
the action is recognized and thereby real because the actual reality is immediately bound up with conviction or knowledge or in other words knowledge of its purpose is immediately and at once the element of existence universal recognition for the essence of the act duty consists in the conviction conscience has about it this conviction is just the inherent principle itself it is inherently universal self-consciousness in other words is recognition and hence reality the result achieved under conviction of duty is therefore directly one which has substantial solid existence thus we hear nothing more there about good intention not coming to anything definite or about the good man faring badly what is known as duty is carried out completely and becomes an actual fact just because what is dutiful is the universal for all self-consciousnesses that which is recognized acknowledged and thus objectively is taken separately and alone however without the content of self this duty is existence for another the transparent element which has merely the significance of an unsubstantial ultimate factor in general if we look back on the sphere where in general spiritual reality made its appearance we find that the principle involved was that the utterance of individuality is the absolutely real the ultimately self-sufficing but the shape which in the first instance gave expression to this notion was the honest consciousness which was occupied and concerned with abstract fact itself this fact itself was there a predicate in conscience however it is for the first time a subject which has put all aspects of consciousness in it and for which all these moments substantiality in general external existence and essence of thought are contained in this certainty of itself the fact itself has substantiality in general in the ethical order Sittlichkeit, external existence in culture self-knowing essence of thought in morality and in conscience it is the subject which knows these moments within itself while the honest consciousness is forever grasping merely the bare and empty fact itself conscience on the other hand secures the fact itself in its fullness a fullness which conscience of itself supplies conscience has this power through its knowing the moments of consciousness as moments and controlling them because it is their negative essential principle when conscience is considered in relation to the particular features of the opposition which appears in action and when we consider its consciousness regarding the nature of those features its attitude towards the reality of the particular case where action takes effect is in the first instance that of knowledge so far as the aspect of universality is present in such knowledge it is the business of conscientious action qua knowledge to compass the reality before it in an unrestricted exhaustive manner and thus get to know exactly the circumstances of the case and give them due consideration this knowledge however since it is aware of universality as a moment is in consequence a kind of knowledge of these circumstances which is conscious all the while of not embracing them is conscious of not being conscientious in its procedure the genuinely universal and pure relation of knowledge would be one towards something not opposed a relation to itself but action through the opposition essentially implied in action is related to what negates consciousness to a reality existing per se contrasted with the simple nature of pure consciousness the absolute other externality multiplicity per se 
is a sheer plurality of circumstances which breaks up indefinitely and spreads in all directions backwards in their conditions sidewards in their associations forwards in their consequences the conscientious mind is aware of this state of affairs and of its relation thereto and knows it is not acquainted to the full and complete extent required with the case in which its action takes effect and knows that its pretence of conscientiously weighing and considering all the circumstances is futile this acquaintance with and consideration of all the circumstances however are not entirely absent but they are merely present as a moment as something which is only for others and the conscientious mind holds its incomplete knowledge to be sufficient and complete merely because it is its own knowledge in a similar way is constituted the process in connection with the universality of the essential principle the universality by which the content is characterized when determined through pure consciousness conscience when it goes on to act takes up a relation to the various sides of the case the case breaks up into separate elements and the relation of pure consciousness towards it does the same whereby the multiplicity characteristic of the case becomes a multiplicity of duties conscience knows that it has to select and decide amongst them for none of them specifically in its content is an absolute duty only duty pure and simple is so but this abstract entity has in its realization come to denote self-conscious ego spirit certain of itself is at rest within itself in the form of conscience and its real universality its duty lies in its bare conviction concerning duty this bare conviction as such is as empty as pure duty pure in the sense that nothing within it no definite content is duty action however has to take place the individual must determine to do something or other and spirit which is certain of itself in which the inherent principle has attained the significance of self-conscious ego knows it has this determination this specific content within the immediate certainty of its own self this certainty being a determination and a content is natural consciousness that is the various impulses and inclinations conscience admits no content as absolute for it because it is absolute negativity of all that is definite it determines from itself alone the circle of the self however within which determinateness as such falls is so-called sensibility in order to get a content out of the immediate certainty of self there is no means to be found except sensibility everything that in previous modes of experience was presented as good or bad law and right is something other than immediate certainty of self it is a universal which is now a relative entity an existence for another or looked at otherwise it is an object which while connecting and relating consciousness with itself comes between consciousness and its own proper truth and instead of that object being the immediacy of consciousness it rather cuts consciousness off from itself for conscience however certainty of self is the pure direct and immediate truth and this truth is thus its immediate certainty of self presented as content that is its truth is altogether the caprice of the individual and the accidental content of his unconscious natural existence his sensibility this content at the same time passes for essential moral reality for duty 
for pure duty as is found when testing and examining laws is utterly indifferent to every content and gets along with any here it has at the same time the essential form of self-existence of existing on its own account and this form of individual conviction is nothing else than the sense of the emptiness of pure duty and the consciousness that this is merely a moment that its substantial independence is a predicate which finds its subjects in the individual whose caprice gives pure duty content can connect every content with this form and attach its feeling of conscientiousness to any content an individual increases his property in a certain way it is a duty that each should see to the maintenance of himself and family and no less ensure the possibility of his being serviceable to his neighbours and of doing good to those standing in need the individual is aware that this is a duty for this content is directly contained in the certainty he has of himself he perceives further that he fulfils this particular duty in this particular case other people possibly consider the specific way he adopts as fraud they hold by other sides of the concrete case presented while he holds firmly to this particular side of it by the fact of his being conscious that the increase of property is a pure and absolute duty in the same way there is fulfilled by the individual as a duty what other people call violence and wrongdoing the duty of asserting one's independence against others and again the duty of preserving one's life and maintaining the possibility of being useful to one's neighbours others call this cowardice but what they call courage really violates both these duties but what they call courage really violates both these duties but cowardice cannot be so stupid and thoughtless as not to know that the maintenance of life and the possibility of being useful to others are duties so inept as not to be convinced of the dutifulness of its action and not to know that dutifulness consists in knowledge otherwise it would commit the absurdity of being without morality since morality lies in the consciousness of having fulfilled one's duty this will not be lacking when the action is what is called cowardice any more than when it is what is called courage as the abstraction called duty is capable of every content it is quite equal to this latter content the agent acting knows what he does to be duty and since he knows this and conviction as to duty is just dutifulness he is thus recognized and acknowledged by others the act thereby becomes accepted as valid and has actual existence it is of no avail to object to this freedom which puts one kind of content as well as any other into this universal inert receptacle of pure duty and pure knowledge by asserting that another content ought to have been put there for whatever the content be each content has upon it the stain of determinateness from which pure knowledge is free which pure knowledge can disregard just as readily as it can take up every determinateness in turn every content through its being determinate stands on the same footing with every other even though it seems to have precisely the character that the particularity in the content is cancelled it may well seem since in concrete cases duty breaks regularly into opposition and by doing so sunders the opposite's particularity and universality that the duty whose content is the universal as such contains on that account ipso facto the nature of pure duty 
and that thus form and content are here entirely in accord on this view it might seem that for example acting for the universal good for what is the best for all is to be preferred to acting for what is the best for the individual but this universal duty is in its entirety what is present as self-contained actual substance in the form of established law and right and holds good independently of the individual's knowledge and conviction and immediate interest it is thus precisely that against the form of which morality as a whole is directed as regards its content however even this is determinate in character in so far as the universally best is opposed to the individual best consequently its law is one from which conscience knows itself to be absolutely free and it gives itself the absolute privilege to add and pair to neglect as well as fulfil it then again the above distinction of duty towards the individual and duty towards the universal is not something fixed and final when we look at the nature of the opposition in question on the contrary what the individual does for himself is to the advantage of the universal as well the more he looks after his own good not only is there a greater possibility of his usefulness to others his very reality consists merely in his living and existing in connection with others his individual enjoyment means ultimately and essentially putting what is his own at the disposal of others and helping them to secure their enjoyment in fulfilling duty to individuals and hence duty to self duty to the general thus also gets fulfilled weighing considering comparing duties should disappear here would take the line of calculating the advantage which the general would get from any given action but there can be no such process partly because morality would thereby be handed over to the inevitable contingency characteristic of mere insight partly because it is precisely the nature of conscience to have done with all this calculating and weighing of duties and to decide directly from itself without reasons of any kind in this way then conscience acts and maintains itself in the unity of its essential being and its objective existence for itself in the unity of pure thought and individuality it is spirit certain of itself which inherently possesses its own truth within itself in its knowledge a knowledge in the sense of knowledge of its duty it maintains its being therein by the fact that the positive element in the act the content as well as form of duty and the knowledge of duty belong to the self to the certainty of itself what however seeks to come before the self with an inherent being of its own is held to be not truly real merely a transcendent element only a moment consequently it is not universal knowledge in general that has a value but what is known of the circumstances it puts into duty which is the universal immanent essence the content which it derives from its natural individuality for the content is one that is present in its own being this content in virtue of the universal medium wherein it exists becomes the duty which it carries out and empty bare duty is through this very fact affirmed to be something transcended a moment this content is its emptiness transcended and cancelled that is is the fulfilling of pure duty but at the same time conscience is detached from every possible content it absolves itself from every specific duty which would try to pass for a law in the strength of its certainty of itself 
it has the majesty of absolute self-sufficiency of absolute autarchia to bind or to lose this self-determination is at once therefore absolute conformity to duty duty is the knowledge itself this pure and simple selfhood however is the immanent principle and essence for this inherent principle is pure self-identity and self-identity lies in this consciousness this pure knowledge is immediately objective is existence for another for qua pure self-identity it is immediacy it is objective being this being however is at the same time pure universality the selfhood of all in other words action is acknowledged and hence actual this being forms the element by which conscience directly stands on a footing of equality with every self-consciousness and this relation means not an abstract impersonal law but the self of conscience in that this right which conscience does is at the same time however a fact for others a disparity seems to affect conscience the duty which it fulfils is a determinate content that content is no doubt the self of consciousness and so its knowledge of itself its identity with itself but when fulfilled when planted in the general element of existence this identity is no longer knowledge no longer this process of distinction which directly and at the same time does away with its distinctions rather in the sphere of existence distinction is set up as subsistent and the act is a determinate specific one not identical with the element of everybody's self-consciousness and hence not necessarily acknowledged and recognized both aspects conscience qua acting and the general consciousness acknowledging this act to be duty stand equally loose from the specific character belonging to this deed on account of this freedom and detachment the relation of the two within the common medium of their connection is rather a relationship of complete disparity as a result of which the consciousness doing and owning the act finds itself in complete uncertainty regarding the spirit which does the act and is certain of itself this spirit acts and places in existence a particular determinate characteristic others hold to this existence as its truth and are therein certain of this spirit it has therein expressed what it takes to be its duty but it is detached and free from any specific duty it has therefore left the point where other people think it actually to be and this very medium of existence and duty as inherently existing are held by it to be merely transitory moments what it does places before them it also displaces again or rather has eo ipso immediately displaced for its reality is for it not the duty and determinate content thus put forward but rather is the reality which it has in its absolute certainty of itself the other self-consciousnesses do not know then whether this particular conscience is morally good or is wicked or rather not merely can they not know this conscience but they must take it to be also wicked for just as it stands loose to the determinate content of duty and detached from duty as inherently existing so they do likewise what is placed before them they themselves know how to displace or dissemble it is something expressing merely the self of another individual not their own they do not merely know themselves to be detached and free from it but have to resolve and dissipate it within their own consciousness 
reduce it to nothingness by judgments and explanations in order to preserve their own self but the act of conscience is not merely this determination of existence a determinate content forsaken by the pure self what ought to be binding as duty and get recognized as such only is so through knowledge and conviction as to its being duty by knowledge of self in the deed done when the deed ceases to have in it this element of self it ceases to be what is alone its essential nature its existence if deserted by this consciousness of self would be an ordinary reality and the act would appear to us a way of fulfilling one's pleasure and desire what ought to exist has here essentiality only by its being known to be individuality giving itself expression and its being thus known is the fact acknowledged and recognized by others and is that which as such ought to have existence the self enters existence as self the spirit which is certain of itself exists as such for others its immediate act is not what is accepted and real what is acknowledged by others is not the determinate element not the inherent being but solely and simply the self knowing itself as such the element which gives permanence and stability is universal self-consciousness what enters this element cannot be the effect of the act the latter does not last there and maintains no permanence only self-consciousness is what is recognized and gains concrete reality here again then we see language to be the form in which spirit finds existence language is the way self-consciousness exists for others it is self-consciousness which is there immediately present as such and in the form of this actual universal self-consciousness language is self separating itself from itself which comes objectively before itself as the pure ego identical with ego which at once maintains itself in this objective form as this actual self and at the same time fuses directly with others and is their self-consciousness the self perceives itself at the same time that it is perceived by others and this perceiving is just existence which has become a self the content which language has here obtained is no longer the self we found in the world of culture perverted perverting and distraught it is spirit which having returned to itself is certain of itself certain in itself of its truth of its own act of recognition and of being recognized as this knowledge the language of the ethical spirit of society is law and simple command and complaint which is but a tear shed over necessity moral consciousness on the other hand remains dumb shut up within its inner life for self has no existence as yet in its case rather existence and self there stand in the first instance in external relation to each other language however comes forward merely as the mediating element between independent self-consciousnesses recognized and acknowledged and the existent self means immediately universal recognition means recognition in manifold ways and in this very manifoldness simple recognition what the language of conscience contains is the self knowing itself as essential reality this alone is what that language expresses and this expression is the true realization of doing anything and renders the act valid and acceptable consciousness expresses its conviction in this conviction alone is the action duty it holds good as duty too 
solely by the conviction being expressed for universal self-consciousness stands detached from the specific act which merely exists the act qua existence means nothing to it what it holds of importance is the conviction that the act is a duty and this appears concretely in language to realize the act means here not translating its content from the form of purpose or subjectivity into the form of abstract reality it means translating it from the form of immediate certainty of self which takes its knowledge its self-existence to be the essential fact into the form of the assurance that consciousness is convinced of its duty and being conscious knows of itself what duty is this assurance thus guarantees that it is convinced of its conviction being the essential fact whether the assurance that it acts from conviction of duty is true whether that really is duty which is done these questions or doubts have no meaning if directed against conscience in the case of the question whether the assurance is true it would be assumed that the inner intention is different from the one put forward that is that the willing of a particular self can be separated from duty from the will of the universal and pure consciousness the latter will would in that case be a matter of words while the former would be strictly the real moving principle of the act but such a distinction between the universal consciousness and the particular self is precisely what has been cancelled and the superseding of it constitutes conscience immediate knowledge on the part of self which is certain of itself is law and duty its intention by being its own intention is what is right all that is required is that it should know this and state its conviction that its knowledge and will are the right the expression of this assurance ipso facto cancels the form of its particularity it recognizes thereby the necessary universality of the self in that it calls itself conscience it calls itself pure self-knowledge and pure abstract will that is it calls itself a universal knowledge and will which acknowledges and recognizes others is like them for they are just this pure self-knowledge and will and which is on that account also recognized by them in the willing of the self which is certain of itself in this knowledge of the self as the essential reality lies the essence of the right when any one says therefore he is acting from conscience he is saying what is true for his conscience is the self which knows and wills he must however necessarily say so for this self has to be at the same time universal self it is not universal in the content of the act for this content is per se indifferent on account of its being specific and determinate the universality lies in the form of the act it is this form which is to be affirmed as real the form is the self which as such is actual in language pronounces itself to be the truth and just by so doing acknowledges all other selves and is recognized by them end of section sixteen